0: Are you curious like me about the embodied brain and why cultivating a conscious relationship with the body matters at all times and especially when we're experiencing times of uncertainty? We touch on these topics and the integration of neuroscience and spirit and we experience three practical activities to develop an embodied consciousness. I'm Robin Stratton Burkessel, host of the show, and welcome. Thank you for joining me. You're listening to episode slash PS119, and I share that so that you can check out that link, which will take you to our show notes. And on that page, you'll get a summary of this episode, and you'll also get links to the resources that my guest and I talk about, and you might find that of great benefit. A psychologist, coach, and speaker, Dr. Linda Clau's focus is the integration of body, mind, and spirit. She serves people by helping them move from fear to freedom, enabling us all to live and work from our fullest potential for ourselves, for our relationships, and for our world, our planet. The name of Linda's company truly reflects who she is and what she offers. And that name is Life Unlimited, the center for human possibility. Hello Linda, you're speaking my language. Welcome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Do I have to sound Australian?
0: <laughs> no, you're 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 New, your, your New York accent is doing fine thank you that's right I can't sound Australian
1: (laughs) however I'm very pleased to be here and join you on what feels like a very exciting topic to me
0: oh yes and um, I'm really happy that we're doing this together me too so let me just say a little bit more about Linda and then I'll be basically handing over to her because she has so much to share with us So in the course of her work, Linda has increasingly focused on the topic of being and becoming, the development of consciousness, of mindful awareness, the neuroscience of the possible, and the healing of trauma for what is and has been. And she teaches various practices to help us all grow and evolve. And in our talk today, Linda, you want to offer us some background and some tools and tips on how to be increasingly in one's body and what mindful awareness of the embodied brain, that is the body, offers us. So this is going to be a really powerful conversation. But as a start, Linda, I like to invite my guest to share a story. hmm uh-huh. A personal story. hmm uh-huh. Something that comes to you in the moment from your upbringing or background that has influenced you to be the person you've become and the services that you're bringing to the world? Hmm.
1: There are so many stories, Robbie. You said the one that comes to you. Yes. So I'm in a Tai Chi class a number of years ago, and the Tai Chi teacher says, okay, put your awareness in your ankles. I don't really know what he means, but I do my best. And he looks at me and he says, Linda, you're not in your ankles. (laughs) I said, really? (laughs) Where am I? (laughs) He says, you're in your hips. I said, oh, okay. And I didn't know what I was doing, right? I didn't know what he was really talking about, but I just said, okay, I have to put my attention further down my legs. I said, where am I now? He said, you, you're going in the right direction. And finally I got to my ankles and when I was in my ankles, I really felt like I was in the ankles and the rest of the class proceeded. What was really striking to me about that was that that class was about 20 blocks away from my office. And when I walked back, it felt as if I felt the ground for the first time in my life. So, of course, I was walking on the ground. I live in New York City. Of course. But we had, a, I had a conscious awareness of the support of the earth. Mm. And it was profoundly uh, striking to me. Is that the only story that guided me in how I got into this? Maybe it's a significant story in how I got into being so engaged in embodiment, you know, um, and actually, could I tell one more story, Robin? Of course you can, Linda. It's, it's just funny. Um, <laughs> I, uh, prior to that, the way I really got into embodiment was I went out one day on a date with a chiropractor. And we were in a lovely wooded area in, North, in New York. So I'm a New Yorker, as you could probably tell. And we're walking around on the trails. The area was called Minnewaska. And he says to me, you want me to adjust your neck? And I said, sure. I'm sitting there, Ms. Innocent. (laughs) And he adjusts my neck. And afterwards, uh, I don't tell him, and I don't know if I, because I didn't share, or I, or it didn't emerge, but something wasn't right with my neck after he adjusted it. So I call up my friend, who's another chiropractor, and I said to Sid, I have to come and see you because a chiropractor adjusted my neck and something's wrong. I went and I saw him, and I said, while he's massaging it and doing a manipulation of my joints, I said, do you think it would be helpful for me to do some body work with you? And he said, yes, very helpful. Because it had never dawned on me that I had any issues with my body because I never had any feelings in my body. This is a big clue, right? What's this telling us? Something about cutting off? So I'm asking you, uh, our audience, um, do you cut off from experiencing and being aware of what your body is communicating? And let's have this conversation with no judgment, but with compassion, because we all have stories of why we do things, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he said yes, and I went back, and one day I turned my neck and I went, oh, my God, I have a clear neck. So that's how I got into bodywork. Mm-hmm. It was not that different of how I got into the journey of evolution and going from fear to freedom. I always had a longing. I knew there was something more. There was something more than the way I was living. You know that Peggy Lee song, Is This All There Is, Hmm. you know? Hmm. I knew it and I didn't know where it was.
0: Yeah. So, well, they're two wonderful stories. And what they highlight for me, Linda, is that, you know, it is the story that we tell ourselves, the narrative that we have. And part of the narrative that we've been talking about in terms of Um, like it's our mind and our body and our spirit as if they're separate entities. And of course they're not. So the mind and the spirit are part of the body just as our limbs are part of our body. So I referred to just a few minutes ago that you use the term embodied brain and referring to the body as an embodied brain. So talk to me about why cultivating a Excuse me. So why cultivating a conscious relationship with the body matters at all times and especially when we're experiencing times of uncertainty or volatility and whether that's, you know, we're experiencing that at a personal level or globally or even cosmically. So, you know, why cultivate a consciousness of why the body matters?
1: It's a good question.
0: So first of all, it's interesting to use
1: the word embodied brain because it reminds us that the body is manifesting the neuronal connections like the brain except it's in the body. That's why we call it the embodied brain. It gives us a different feeling, yes? Yes. Uh, That's very important. Why should we be conscious? For in the in the world of appreciative inquiry, to be consciously in the body is to be developing consciously your positive core, which then allows us to dream more prophetically, to act on those dreams, to rem- you know, to be inspired be intuitive so that's really very very useful because so many of us come into this world and it's nature nurture so we come with a certain temperament but we also are very affected by our environment with a lot of conditioning that could be very wounding not with everyone but with those of us and the times that we live in. So it's our developmental life and the quality that we have. We want to uh, heal that wounding, we want to transcend it. And what do we want to go for? We want to go for that, what, what we call an appreciative inquiry, the positive core. That's why it's critical. And I do want to say one more thing. In the history of Western civilization, the body, the heart, the feminine energy has been the second-class citizen. Starting with Descartes, I think, therefore I am. It was the second-class citizen until, I would say, 20 years ago. Then you started to see sprouting up all kinds of work on conscious awareness applied that in the body. Why? Because the body as a neuroscientist, Bessel van der Kolk says, keeps the score. What does that mean? That means that the body holds our feelings. Even if we think it and we don't even actually do something, the body is where the feelings live the body holds our beliefs our opinions so it's very very critical to number one have an appreciation of the heart and the body and feminine energy all this has been happening in more than 20 years but particularly and even now right even now at a time in history when there's so much fear and so much hatred and so much uh, chaos that you could, if you're unconscious about what you're carrying, you're gonna be run by that unconsciousness, much more likely than if you have a non-judging awareness of what's going on in your body. It's critical. Mm.
0: Yeah, you remind me, you're talking about appreciative inquiry and you're reminding me of one of the principles, which is called the poetic principle, Linda. And that poetic principle, we say, what you focus on grows So, um, yeah, where you put your attention, you're going to amplify that. You're going to get more of that. And so it really takes a lot of learning and unlearning and really, again, coming back to the narrative by which we run our lives, you know, where is our attention? Where is our focus? Is it serving us or is it not serving us? So that, that awareness step, that elevating our consciousness to be able to to accept that as a beginning then opens us up to, well, there are other possibilities here, and how might I start to make some changes, and what shifts, and what are the practices that I can do? So, I think the second part of this, the embodied brain, is how do we cultivate this conscious relationship with the body? And you talk about, you know, you focus on the integration of mind, body, and spirit, you know, so it's the wholeness of who we are in totality and the fullness of being alive. So can you give us some help here or some ideas about how when you work with people, how do you cultivate a conscious relationship with the body?
1: I'm happy to. The first thing you want to be aware of is you don't have a body, you are a body. Mm. And that's really important when we talk about our individual bodies, and the body of the planet. And I don't want to get off track, but we can easily get off track into the body of the planet. Very important. But I do want to say one thing. I want to highly recommend a video, a documentary on HBO called Ice on Fire. And it's about climate change. Done very well a very neutral, emotionally neutral, but informative, horrific and hopeful. And what I wanna say besides recommending it is when a person is in their body, they said something like that on the documentary that really moved me. When you're in your body, you really experience the dangers of climate change. And it's very real for you when you're not in your body, it doesn't have the same impact. That's true of a lot of things, but it really hit me about what, what it means to be in a body. So, how to be more in your body. How about taking a breath right now? Take an inhale. And don't judge, don't try to figure out where it is. And now exhale, and on the exhale, just relax. That's a simple practice that you could start doing. And a tip would be, put, a, put an alarm on it. So you take a breath every hour on the hour. Now that's not to say that you're not breathing the rest of the time, but it's so striking that there's a relationship between emotion and breathing. And you know what that relationship is. You have an emotional issue, you stop breathing. You breathe in a shallow manner. Your breathing changes. What's very fascinating about breathing is it's the only autonomic function that you can consciously change. We could talk about awareness of movement and everything, but I'm talking autonomic function. So do it again. Take a breath and then relax and and on the exhale. Relaxing on the exhale is critical. It's critical for our development of positive core.
0: What's that doing to us as we relax on the exhale?
1: So in a
0: quick way,
1: we could say that most of us are running around and I say running in a very particular way, running around with a dominant sympathetic nervous system. And if we talk about it in neuroscience terms, we're talking about the old brain at the back of the neck and the midbrain, which is the social brain, what we learned with our mother especially, especially in the early days. So when we're running around with a sympathetic nervous system, that means we are fearful, we are fighting. We see a lot of that in the world now. When we start to relax on the exhale with this tool and many other tools, you shift into the parasympathetic nervous system which is calm, which allows for the creativity, the poetic. It's a real nervous system shift, allows you to sleep deeply. It's allows you to see your fear, your fight for what it is, which is very important very, very important. It's interesting too, in terms of the brain, when we start to live more and more from the parasympathetic nervous system, we develop our forehead, which is called, um, I know you're going to like this, Robin, the neocortex. (laughs) Um, The reason why Robin's going to like this is because she has a little cat called Neo, right? And and I don't think it's an accident that she named her cat Neo, <laughs> right? Um, I, I own- love that. Thank you for bringing my Neo into this. <laughs> well, it's, the Neo is really important. Mm-hmm. And so that the brain is not only plastic, the brain is not only changing, but the brain is like all of us. We have the potential to evolve, right? Yep. So the neocortex, which is the mid front prefrontal cortex, and I can't believe I'm talking like this because it's, but I think that the, add, the addition of science to the Eastern philosophy of subjective experience is really what we're talking about wholeness. Yeah. You know, yeah. we need both. We really need both. So that is the executive brain. That is the brain that can say, whoa, stop. Let's reflect. We have a choice. Mm. So, and the more we do things like breathe in and out, like let's do the next thing. Do a body scan. Become aware of what you're sensing in your body. Now we could take a long time doing this, but we're going to do it in a micromillisecond, right? <laughs> Close your eyes and just check out from head to toe, what are you sensing? Is the energy flowing? Do you have blocks? Do you have feeling of contraction? Is it deep inside? You could just do this in that compassionate, non-judging way. So you keep. What are you doing? You're in touch increasingly with yourself. What does that mean? What does it mean? It means that you're putting your attention on your interior world. And the more you do that, you're also going to be present, not only to yourself, but to the external world. Do you remember the tsunami, Katrina? One of the things that really struck me about that tsunami, besides empathy and compassion, was that the animals all knew something was gonna happen. And they got out of there, way faster than the human beings, because they could sense it. So being in the body brings you into the present moment, which is critical, you're gonna be alive. And one of my favorite guys, John O'Donoghue has said, when you go out into the world, Are you going from your to-do list, to do this, to do that, to do this, to do that? Or are you going into an alive universe? Very different. Mm -hmm. So that's a body scan. You could do a body scan like right before you go to bed. That would be useful. Other ways to start to deal with your body. It's very important that we know how to deal with resistance why because we have habits they're strong and we all know the power of habits right
0: yeah can I just interrupt you because I just want to go back to the body scan oh sure and I'm just thinking about the practical um, application of that and how useful that is in relationships and by the By that I mean, you know, if you're in a business context, for example, you might be going into a business, you're uptight about it, you have some, um, you know, some fear that maybe you're not admitting to yourself, but you are anxious about it. You may not have a very, um, you know, solid relationship with some of the people there. So if you were to do this body scan, um, and I think it's really powerful, is that it's almost like a pattern interrupt you are interrupting all that stuff that's going on through your head and making you this way and so you right. stop you 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 do the breath you do the body scan and what you're doing is interrupting and so you're you're actually taking some time out to prepare yourself in a um, a far more resourceful way than you would if you just kind of, like you said, you're running through life, running from meeting to meeting. So I think that's a wonderful, um, easy, easy recommendation.
1: I agree. And everything that we're talking about is really easy and we should do it easy, simple. And the simple few minutes makes a huge difference. I think people should prepare before meetings, you know, Prepare before meetings with your relationship, with your family, if there's a, you know, um, just to know, you know, to be surprised by what comes up. Mm. I would like to suggest one or two following piggybacking on what you said, Robin. I would like to suggest something that's grounding, right? So just you're sitting in your chair right now, right? Curl your toes. Curl them under. Curl them up. And then sit at the edge of the chair and put your whole foot down solid on the floor. Feel it in your thighs. So if we have these three little exercises, you've grounded yourself, you're taking your energy out of your mind, you know, not ed, allowing um, more of your deeper wisdom to come through, to flow,
0: those are good tips. Beautiful tips. And no one will know that you're doing them even even if if that's a concern to you. I
1: I, I actually had a uh, a client come to me. Um, I do have a private practice um, based in New York City, all over the world. But I actually had a client come to me, a very successful lawyer, who said to me, I really – Um, I travel all over the world. I sell for the company and I'm terrified before I start, but I'm really smart. I'm smart. So I've figured out all kinds of ways to get beyond and not have the audience see that I'm terrified in those first few moments. You know, like thought with people introducing themselves and getting the um, attention off him. Mm -hmm. He said, but I know There has to be a real, I'm I'm using gimmicks. And he was, he was, you know? So we went through a couple of these things. It was life-changing for him. And and it wasn't rocket science. It wasn't 20 years of therapy, you know? It really wasn't. (laughs) So um, I want to talk about resistance because there is such powerful habits that keep us away from doing things. So one, you want to start small so you can be successful. Two, a nice way to deal with resistance is to link the new behavior to something that you wouldn't live without. For example, do you have your morning coffee? Do you brush your teeth, you know, in the morning, in the evening? Things that you absolutely do without thinking anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's kind of linking your behaviors with your habits, right?
1: Uh, with New habits.
0: Mm.
1: Yes. Do you like that one? Mm-hmm. Because it's it, we're not talking about willpower. We're talking about developing the will, mm-hmm. which is your choice, which is very different.
0: So we're dealing with resistance then. So you want to develop some new behaviors that might eventually become a habit, right? So you're doing it. unconsciously, right? So you develop this unconscious competence at it um, versus having, oh, my God, you know, you have to consciously go through the steps and it's kind of tedious while you're still learning. So once you grasp that learning, you just do it like, you know, automatic pilot.
1: It's a new automatic. It's the norm, you know. Um, But in order to get yourself into that, you have to be willing to be, a beginner, you know, um, Suzuki Roshi when he wrote Beginner's Mind. Mm -hmm. Um, anytime you're doing something new, anytime you're doing something new, you are not the expert. Mm -hmm. So you want to be willing to not be the expert. You want to be willing to be foolish. You want to be willing to do it wrong. That's why it's so important to have mindful awareness, not just awareness. Mindful awareness means you're in a perspective that's observing all these conditioned parts of yourself without judgment, with compassion. Yes, yes. And that's really important because you could have awareness and then say, what a what a fool I am. What a, you know, blah, blah, blah I am, you know? Um, that's not helpful because then you're just reinforcing that you're an idiot, mm. you know? Um, But with mindful awareness, so what am I saying also? That it's very important to be mindful as well as present in the body. I think those two things are like good bedfellows. So what are you doing to be mindful is another topic, but it's really an important one.
0: You know, I know that you are designing and um, developing and finalizing a course that takes this work to a whole different level. Um, And so I wonder if you would like to say a few words about that and how people can find out more about that and when it might be offered and how people can be in touch with you.
1: Sure. I am designing and finalizing a course that is relevant Not only to this topic, but goes way beyond it to the development of a whole human being, to the development of the whole organization. And in the spirit of what Oprah calls living our best selves, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing. And to find out more about the course, you can email me directly, Dr. Linda Clow. Put in the subject line your course. And you'll be sure to get the information on the course as I uh, finalize it. Or you can go to my website, drlindacloud.com, and you'll see it listed there.
0: Beautiful. Um, as you're aware and um, our listeners know that I write-up show notes that accompany this particular episode and those links um, and URLs and how you can also reach out to Linda on different social media channels. They'll be listed there as well as any other resources that we've talked about today. So that's a good reason to go and look at the website so you can connect um, personally with Linda. So, Linda, just by way of conclusion now, I would like us to circle back to... Wholeness, because wholeness is one of probably the sixth principle of appreciative inquiry, and you know we're really focusing more and more, as you referred to, um, you know the traditions that come out of ancient cultures, and we think about the wholeness of who we are at the inner level, and the wholeness of who we are um, as human beings, and then there's the wholeness of the planet and the and the inter dependence that we have. So how are, when you're working at the individual level, how do you um, excite people about this coming to this awareness of, I am whole, even though I have these flaws, even though I have this stuff that's happened to me, I'm actually perfectly whole, who I am right now, you know, how do you do that so people begin to have this self-love? Because I know that's another important piece of your work.
1: It is. Your questions are good, Robin.
0: <laughs> I'm I, very curious, Linda. <laughs> well,
1: two th- well, so am I. Um, <laughs> two things occurred to me. One thing that occurs to me is differentiation. That... It's very important to really be aware of the mind and how that operates, especially a trained mind, which is, I can't go into right now, but a a person who meditates mind. To really be aware of the body, to have a real clarity when you're in your body, when you're in your mind. So that's differentiation. And integration would be to really be aware of when you are receiving spiritual input, inspiration, intuition, revelation, so that you've differentiated now those parts. Then integration is linkage, linking all those differentiated parts. It's very important to have boundaries Otherwise, it's like minestrone soup, and everything is all mixed up. So that's one answer. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I was hoping we might have time for is to have an experience of integrating spirit in form, in body. It's a little exercise. The other way I would say that we could experience our wholeness is to realize that the true self our essence self our being self whatever you like to call it the universe the higher power whatever you choose is it doesn't matter but it the true self encompasses the learned self the conditioned self
0: mm-hmm.
1: So we're always whole no matter how wounded we are, Mm. no matter how much work we've done on what I just talked about, the differentiation and the integration. Mm -hmm. Those are my two answers to your very wise question.
0: I love your answers and you really have wet my appetite and I think and piqued my interest and I'm sure you have our listeners. And I would love you to do that exercise about how you bring spirit And we'll do that as a closing out. Will that work?
1: Okay. I think that's a beautiful idea. Okay. Because I think the idea of really getting that sense of integration is really important. So put your feet flat on the ground. Now go up into above your head into the sky and feel the energy that's present there. Now begin to have that energy come into your body and feel the energy of spirit and your body is the container, which is not really accurate, but for the point being, just let's say the body is holding and experiencing the free flow of energy, the energy of spirit. And do that in the spirit of a body scan so that you truly feel conscious, spirit in form. That's transforming Mm. ourselves. That's transformational. Mm -hmm.
0: Linda, thank you for all the wisdom that you've shared with us today. It's been really most uplifting and inspiring. I'm feeling really touched by the spirit. Me too. And I love
1: being here and Participating with you, Robin, this and with everyone who's here. Yes, um, this has been just a gift.
0: And thank you all for being with us today. And I trust that you found this show and this conversation with Linda of great value. Remember to go to our show notes page, and that's positivelystrategist.com/ps119 to get links to the resources. And while you're there, you might like to ask me or my guest a question and we'll address it in a future show. You might like also to sign up to get notified when new shows are released and pay it forward by letting your friends and colleagues know all about us, Positivity Strategist.